0: internet. What you are about to experience is a story of a band on the eve of their demise. Theirs could be the story of any band really, but in this case it is our friends Roadkill Ghost Choir from Chex Notes, Athens, Georgia. They were mighty. They were pure rock and roll. But most importantly they were our friends. RIP Roadkill Ghost Choir. Long live Roadkill Ghost Choir. Enjoy your podcast, Meatbags. Sandwich.
1: Film Music Lovers, you are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure Lots well, on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, coming to you live-ish from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we have a very special episode for you right now, and I and I mean this, Um special in so many ways. Our um, history is intertwined with this band, Roadkill Ghost Choir, Uh Andy Shepard, his brothers, Max and Zach Shepard, Stephen Garza, Kiffy, this pedal steel player, uh these these guys sent us an email way back in 2012 and said, check out our music. And this is not a year after we, we sort of started doing this whole thing. And and we did, and we found that we loved it. And then um, because we were dumb and didn't know what we were doing, we said, you know, we'll come see you in Charlottesville. We'll tape it. And then we're like, hey, come stay at our house when you're in town. And and over the course of the past like seven years, uh, a friendship was formed. Uh, these people are our family, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we all love them here, and uh, so it it to it me to hear from Andrew Shepard that uh, that they were calling it quits. At least as Roadkill Ghost Choir, the last time they were in town, you could see the the strain, and we're going to talk about that with Andrew you can see the strain of of years and years of touring across um across the united states and just just grinding it out and they were so good and so good at what they did and and sometimes it just doesn't take in the way you you think it will and so uh hilariously andy had had escaped couch uh escaped like talking about his band on the podcast and their last show is tonight in Athens, Georgia at the Caldonia lounge is May 10th. Um, it will be a mind blower just like all their other shows, but I wanted to get him on to talk about this because more than anything, uh, we owe them a debt in that without them, really there would, there would be no us. There's, there's this thing when you start off talking about music, when you start reporting and writing about music and it's an important thing, but you, you hold uh, these so-called rock stars in high regard and, and put them up on the mountain and uh, consider them gods and untouchable. And what, what we found in making friends with these people uh, was that uh, the rock stars were just people, and in this case, some incredibly kind people, uh, some people that we love, and, um, and just uh, they're just like you and me. And they just do something a little different. They make a little louder noise. And um, and now the noise that these particular individuals made uh, is going to be, at least in the live setting, silenced. And that is something to both mourn and celebrate. So that's what we're going to do. I invited uh, Andy to hop on the internets with me to chat about it. This is a long conversation, about an hour long, talking about the earliest days of roadkill. Through his experience as a songwriter Through the band And leading up to the performance that The luckiest of you are going to see tonight In Athens, Georgia So um, We're going to get on with that uh, And you know Once again, thank you To Andy, to Max, to Zach To Kiffy, to Steven uh, You guys are the best And uh, and here's me talking with Andy
2: Yeah, so I figured we would
1: we would talk about uh, sort of walk through because, uh, like, you actually managed to avoid doing a podcast. If if you believe that, which is wild, dude, it is it is for for like the second <laughs> time. I was like, I am taking this personally. <laughs> <laughs> Every time after that, it was like, "No, he just wanted to get on the road." <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. It's cool. You guys traveled many miles, um, but yeah. So, figure we just walk it walk you through stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then let me know what you think about that. Uh, I, I do want to start with um, you. What, whatever made you want to fucking write songs, dude? <laughs> like, cause you, you came at this a little weird,
2: right? Yeah. Well, I, uh, man, I don't even, when I first started writing songs, I was probably like around 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of got into it like, a la- yeah, a little later. Um, cause I was making, I was like working, I was doing music stuff before that, but it was all like really shitty instrument, like, uh, um, kind of like, uh, ambient electronic stuff. <laughs> nice. And I recently just found a hard drive that was full of all the stuff that I... <laughs> And Holy man, God. it was it was like just horrifying. It was like one of those things where I was like, nobody can find this, right? right. It was just it was like you know. But I mean, it, it, everyone's got to start somewhere. But it's just also very. It's just horrifying to listen to now. But yeah, like I was like coming from that kind of world, and then I don't know. I think I was like sad about uh, a girl and i was like right probably 19 and i was like you know what i'm gonna write a freaking song because i think i was like really listening to the uh that first bony bear record had oh yeah come out or yeah. something and i was like man that this is... Is... yeah it's like i got i'm gonna i'm gonna you know i'm gonna try to do this i'm gonna try to write write some songs because i i don't know it was just it felt like more of a release than you know making beats um yeah. so that's that's kind of <laughs> where it started like in my bedroom, just uh, picking up a guitar again and being like, well, I know three chords. And then, like, you know, kind of reteaching myself just the basic cowboy chords on guitar and be like, yeah, I can yeah. I can make a song with three chords. And that was kind of the basis of Roadkill. It's just the three to four it, chords. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it
1: kind of is. But then, like, the next question is, is that when did you realize you could write good songs? Because, you know, you Quiet Light was not that far after you started writing songs, right?
2: No, I mean, a lot of those songs, it was probably I'm trying to think when we, I think we started properly like, like re, or at least demoing songs as a, like a band, probably mm-hmm. in like when I was about 21, 22, maybe I'm trying yeah. to might be, might be off a little bit, but somewhere around there. Uh, so a lot of the songs from quiet, like, yeah, I mean, they, they, they came in that air, like that. You know that that time period of my life where I was just kind of figuring out stuff, right. um, like doing open mics. You know, and it was just they're definitely just born out of like uh, I'm trying to figure this out, kind of deal. Having absolutely no, um, pretty much no confidence what I was doing, which you know is, like, <laughs> is yeah. also a, it's a good thing, you know. Um, because, you know, I, I felt like every song I was writing was, uh, was, you know, important, but, you know, um, in the scheme of things it wasn't, but it's great to start feeling, you know, it start like that yeah. where it's like, I got to write a song, you know, and that's, you know, kind of rolled I, from I, I, that.
1: You know, you know, I, I don't know, like, I, I, and that humility is a good thing when it comes to stuff like that, but like, you know, those, there were like, I think, I mean, I have the thing in front of me. Um, I've got the the unmastered version. <laughs> the exact sentence. There are, let's see, how many songs are there? There are 12 songs on this this pitch. Oh, right yeah. yeah. And then you guys ended going to put down an EP, but, like, you know, you say it's unimportant, but, like, you and, and your brothers, and uh, I'll throw Garza in there, too, maybe some Kiffy, are some of our favorite people on the planet. You are, like, our chosen family. If you come to town, like, I need to stay, that's a given like it's just the and those songs are why like we connected yeah yeah originally and and it was more i was i pulled out this i was looking for the first email we sent it was from zach and he's like mm-hmm. and this is zach like <laughs> in 2012
2: so yeah he was probably trying to be freaking like 18 or something yeah maybe yeah. Maybe, maybe younger maybe. than that
1: yeah yeah and he's being the pr guy <laughs> And, and and every and everything about this is so goddamn random. I mean you are working on this wavelength that I think uh all of you guys share with like people like me and andre um that uh, uh chill isn't the word, just sort of a little more universal a yeah, little, like, yeah. Just a little, or I, I just prefer good like but um but so there's the immediate appeal but like we had no reason to answer this call that you put out
2: yeah for sure and then
1: and then Andre ends up like the only person at your show in in a in a shitty place it's (laughs) not a venue in Charlottesville yeah and you know so so in the scope of things and this is what I, I we talk about this a lot like how you know the importance of music like if you want to try to say how important it is like in a marketplace. They, okay. Whatever your impact was. But as far mm-hmm. as like connecting people at the end of the day, that's, that's the end of the, that's the end of the story. That's the point. Yeah. You know, you make this stuff and you hope that people feel it. For and sure. I think that, and I think that is something that um, knowing that you can be kind of a shy guy, but also seeing you on stage, I th- I think it's that dichotomy with you has been fascinating to watch over the years as you sort of had developed into like, to my mind, one of the best front men I've ever seen. And because you can, you know how to work this stuff and you understand maybe that you're playing a part, but I, mm-hmm. you know, on these earlier songs, especially too, one thing, um, that we've never talked about this, but I've been uh, jealous is not correct, but like just sort of envious of your ability to just hear stuff and filter it back. So it sounds familiar, but then it's still yours. Yeah, and I don't know, like it. Where where do you think that came from
2: for you? Because that is something that you just do it very well. I I honestly I, I don't know. Uh, I I mean it, it. I think what the what we did well as a band was we essentially made music that we wanted to listen to. Uh, yeah, which I think when you're when you're catering to something else other than that. I think it can get, you know, watered down um, and it's not, it's, it's just not the same, I guess. No. Um, so it's like we would sit down and, you know, write a song and be like, oh, this, you know, sounds kind of like a, a petty song, you know, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we, would we'd roll with it, but we would try not to obviously <laughs> completely rip off stuff. But we we weren't afraid to to you know not not try to distance ourselves from our influences to the point of where I mean what's the point of yeah. <laughs> listening yeah. to Tom Petty and loving Tom Petty and then making a song that has its roots in that in you know that that Petty influence and then be like oh well let's you know I don't want to I don't want to be it's like no dude let's just let's lean into it a little but also make it make the sound our own in a sense. And I, I don't know. That's, that's something that, that we, we just try to make at the end of the day, a song that we, we wanted to listen to, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like the instrumentation of it, I think helped out a lot. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. you have that, um, you know, like Kiffy on pedal steel, like creates this whole huge mood.
2: No, for sure. (laughs) And like the, the pedal steel as an instrument is just, is just another world. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's one of my just the coolest I think sounding one of the coolest sounding instruments just like right up there with a a, a cool synthesizer with me is just because it's like it, it it's you know I mean it it's a, it's a stringed instrument but you can make it sound just so many different ways it's just I don't know it's like amazing, anything really truly anything it's amazing.
1: And- and some people, though, use it as texture. And I think what you guys did, and, and this is, you know, and like, and Garza, I don't, I think I've told him this, like, he is one of my favorite guitar players of all time. I, I don't quite, even though, like, I, and I've mocked him to his face, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to pull off a guitar solo. I don't think he could pull off a guitar solo, but like, w- the way he plays and just intertwines with that, with, with what Kiffy's doing, with what Zach is doing, and then your voice and the stories you're telling. I mean, it all, it it came together in a way from the jump that i have i honestly i don't think i've heard in another band not since we started the site cuz we actually started the site right about the time you guys were starting out mm-hmm. so so our you know our our trajectory we're still going sort of i guess you know but um you know i think you know you guys grew and we grew over the years in like some kind of similar ways you know finding Finding your confidence in what you're doing, getting yeah. better at it, just by doing it over and over and mm-hmm. over again. But um, I mean, you guys had that that initial jump of of going out with band of horses, and yeah. you know, we've talked about that. And that, I mean, again, y- you just seem to have learned from you just absorb this stuff and put it back out. And like you, you were talking about Tom Petty just now, the thing about Tom Petty is that dude uh, wrote some good songs.
2: Dude wrote some of the best songs.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and and. So why wouldn't you? And and that that is so like antithetical to I think what most people think about making music. Uh what you just said is that they don't want to get pegged as something like that. And and it, and mm-hmm. it is at some point it becomes like, well, why wouldn't you want to be Tom?
2: Yeah. And I feel like that's like rock and roll is just kind of a regurgitation of stuff that's come before, you know? So it's it's just the way of making it you know, I guess putting it in your, in your time, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what I, I guess we try to do, you know, is that we definitely look to the past, but we didn't try to try to live in that, you know, that, that era. We, we try to, you know, apply it to, you know, to the here and now. And uh, I mean, I still, that's how I still kind of look at music too. It's just yeah, that, that There's- blueprint
1: there's do you think that there is uh some truth to be found in music? I've been running this theory by people, so I wanted to run it by you that that there are objective it's not all subjective it's not all and it's not all like up in the universe or anything that there's just mm-hmm. some truths that some people can sort of vibe with a little better than others yeah, I don't know yeah because because when I hear so like the joke in our house is that every time you guys make an album, they're like, "Did they just make an album for you, Kevin?" Yeah, like that's what, that, what Darius said. And because you, you progressively worked in more of like the cool shit of the '80s as your career went on, mm-hmm. uh, up to and including like just covering Boys of Summer, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, but and you guys are younger. You you are from a different generation. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be. You're what late twenties now.
2: Me, I yeah. turned thirty. I turned thirty last October. Oh
1: wow, man! Yeah getting old and we've known each other a long time because i mean i'm gonna be 47 this year i mean that's, that's you know yeah so it's it, it's it's different generationally yeah. but but you're hearing the same stuff and making that your art that like i heard when i was your well when i was like half your age the year now and and like so that's what i mean where it is just there's something out there um and whether it's like that style of music whether it's something about like why is Led Zeppelin so good when Jimmy Page is a shitty guitar player? <laughs> um, and, and Tom Petty is one of the few bands, by the way, that you can't say that about, like everything is executed perfectly, but yeah. But, but yeah, why, you know, how, how are these, are these people just stumbling over these things that, that I would argue you guys over the course of what like a EP and two albums definitely stumbled over. There was, you know, I've seen you, Play in a room to just a few people. Mm-hmm. I've seen you play in a room that you didn't expect to get sold out. That it was like, you know, yeah. I, I've <laughs> seen I've seen you in like all these like crazy different situations, and a your performance doesn't change. You're just like fuck it, we are here to kill it. But it it it's just sort of like maybe the vibe wasn't right for the shows. The people weren't there that particular
2: night. You follow mm-hmm. me? Yeah, yeah.
1: And like I don't so so you know when I say stuff like you guys are probably one of my favorite bands of all time, like that's there's a lot of bands, man.
2: There's and poss- possibly too many
1: bands. There's possibly too many <laughs> bands, but but so but you, how you guys end up being like one of my faves and I'm just like, well, how does that how does that even work? Because um it's it's not uh, for me, I don't even think it's subjective anymore. It's like you just have to objectively Acknowledge. Fuck yeah, great band. I've I've put your music in front of people and they were just like, Who is this? I'm like it's roadkill. I'm like, what? I'm like who yeah. are they? I'm like, yeah. See? <laughs> you know, that's the industry toll. But Yeah. You get you guys got out uh in front of people a lot. And I wonder how like how much of being on the road for shit, what seven, eight years? Mm-hmm contributed to just sort of hey maybe we can maybe it's time to call it a day
2: Man, I I don't know uh, I well I mean the thing about like I love making records I love writing music I love right. playing music with people but there's uh, touring the way that we toured um, it, it, I mean you could, any band you can ask any band at no matter what what level they are um, I mean there is a, a there's a toll to it. And, um, especially when you're in a 15 passenger van with, yeah. Um, five other dudes, essentially it, and you're and you're playing like P, you know, shows like when we first started when you when when Andre saw us and playing. God, what even was that place? It was called the Tea
1: Bazaar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, playing in places where you have to set up your, your our own PA because it was in the basement. We had to go pull it out from their basement, set right. it up, and essentially do our own sound. It's just like you know when you when you do shows like that, and it's like, man, this is this is wild and it's a lot of work and then like obviously like we we've played a lot of great shows but um i don't i feel like we never kind of uh we never kind of broke uh i don't know this there's a certain level you get to as a band where you you can tour the the smaller rooms and people will come out and we like you know we we did well in certain cities but we you know we'd play a show in like hattiesburg mississippi maybe you know 5 6 people showed up right and it's like a lot of touring is playing smaller places until you get to that big city where you're like you know what Austin's going to be good we just got to get through these yeah. ne- <laughs> got to get through these next four shows yeah and it's it's a lot of it's mentally it's pretty draining um to to, to tour for for a long time and it's kind of always like that you know what i mean where it's like, okay, we got to push through, and then we'll eventually get to you know, freaking uh, Los Angeles, or uh, you know, yeah, uh, we'll be back home in you know, doing a Athens show or something like that. Um, to where you know, it's just it's it's you know, constantly just freaking pushing to try to get somewhere that people are gonna be, you know, there. But at the same time we played these shows, to, you know, like in Hattiesburg where nobody shows up, but I mean, like we show like the people that came out, came out to watch us. And like, to me, that is just, it's just so, just so sweet. <laughs> you know, yeah. That be, people actually show up to our shows in any capacity. Yeah. Um So at the same time, we don't, we, we're we not going to not try to play set. Um Yeah. So every night, you know, you're putting, you we, we put everything into it each night. Um, But when you're doing that for so long and especially like, like I said, five dudes in a van, Uh it gets heavy. And you could see, you
1: could, you could see it when you, when you guys, more than a few times you ended your tour in DC and, uh, and, and at our house and you could see it. Uh, yeah. I mean the the last time you guys did that, I remember Max didn't leave the van for the, like most of the day. You were there, <laughs> and you know maybe you guys partied a little in New York, but uh, but I don't I don't you know I talked to him about it. it's just yeah you you could see by that point, and that was two years ago I think three mm-hmm. years ago that that you guys were that you, you could see the weight
2: yeah i mean we we ended a tour in los angeles one time and we literally the next day got into the van and drove non-stop back home because we were like i just we just want to be home we we don't want to yeah. be in this van any longer than we have to so we just took shifts of, of i forgot yeah. how many hours of just rotating like non-stop in it, I mean, it's 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 horrifying, but it was just like that's where we kind of were. It's just like, and we've done that. I don't know how many times at the end of tours where it's just like, hey, let's go, let's just go home. Yep. It's like, <laughs> it's yep. Like, uh, I mean, you hit that, you hit that place where it's just like, I mean, they, like we could have, we could have spent, you know, saw the Grand Canyon, made a little trip out of it, but it's just like, it, f- it was more appealing to just drive for uh, 38 hours straight than it was to <laughs> spend, spend any more time you know, with each other in a van. Uh, I
1: I think you guys, if I remember correctly, the last time I saw you, you played at a venue in D.C. called The Hamilton, and I think you guys left that night.
2: Yeah, like I feel go, like it was a was – You a, guys
1: were just like, fuck – we were hanging on the roof, and you guys were just like, fuck it, we're out. <laughs> yeah it's <that's> right <laughs> like it's like all right
2: see you later I, yeah i feel like I, I don't remember why we left that that night but man yeah it yeah it, it we there was definitely a, a, we got to that point where it's just like man it's just we i like being home i like yeah i like uh being able to go out and record whenever i want cuz like and that's that was another big thing for me being on the road especially like uh, uh around like the first f- 3 or 4 or 5 years of us um touring in roadkill was like we would tour often and i can't write on the road it was uh, there was just something that i kind of discovered it was just, i think i maybe wrote one full song in the uh existence of us being a touring band while on the there, road.
1: There's no road songs in your catalog. There's no like the re- <laughs> <laughs> the road is fucking hard.
2: <laughs> no. What's that what's that once the uh, the like a uh like a rock guy? Me, Bob Seger. yeah. Bob Seeger. What, <laughs> Me and Garza have been recently referencing that song. I don't don't know why. Um,
1: I I was literally just (laughs) listening to my uh, vinyl copy of that album uh, before getting on the mic with you. So
2: That's that's spooky. Yeah, some sort of of synchronicity. (laughs) Uh,
1: How many times do you guys think you went back and forth across the U.S.?
2: Oh, man. I don't even know. Um, I feel like we would... I don't want to dig up trauma. Like, I'm, I'm, i uh,
1: uh, I, it's just something I was wondering. I was like, there, you, you were in all the time that I've known you guys, you have been just always, like you said, you've always on the road and True. doing these crazy road trips. And I think know, we did but, our
2: first real touring in 2012, like up the East Coast, uh, West Coast. And I think every year probably since that, we have, Made the rounds at least yeah. at least once a year um and you and you think that's that's
1: like normal for like a mid level band which you guys are i think you guys were like mid level that's what people would call that
2: uh oh man i don't see i I think we were uh at one point I think we were flirting with mid level and I don't think we ever broke it into uh the mid level uh okay hi- hierarchy if that's what you want to call it um that's me personally, from from my view. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- yeah, it's like, man, I, I feel like that's what bands that are like going for it. That's what like, that's what I all like. Other buddies I see are in bands that, that they're constantly on the road and yeah. like doing it, and even not even doing it as hard as man. We, our buddies in this band called the Artisanals, mm-hmm. We did a tour with. Uh, it was our not our last West Coast tour, but the tour before that. Um, we did a run with them, and they're like such great dudes. But they literally tour non freaking stop. Yeah, like to the to the point where uh, uh, Clay, the guitar player in the band, was like, "Yeah, I'm. I don't really want to have a place to rent because we just want to literally just tour non-stop And I was like, "Respect the hell out of that!" But when he said that. Just the thought of it gave me a rush right. of anxiety. So it's just like dude, I can't even imagine. But you know, like they, they love it so much. And if you love it being on the road that much, like hell, do it. But also it's at a man, I I I, I can't imagine I wonder
1: I wonder, I wonder if it, I wonder if this that has to do a little bit with, you know, you guys, uh for people who don't know, uh your brothers were in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach and Max and um, I always assumed, without knowing much, that you guys were, were pretty tight. And I think when you have like that familial bond, um, it makes home appealing.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, that yeah, that is true. And like we've always like been very close with with our family, and so it's kind of yeah. It, there's a a nice thought of playing shows for a month and then coming home and just yeah. getting to hang out like normal people with people yeah. that we know um it, ma- it makes shit yeah no yeah and i mean that's to me that that's one of the big biggest appeals too cuz i it's literally almost impossible for me to create anything when we are on the road um so th- i mean i i do love touring in a certain capacity i didn't like how we used to do it obviously Right, I'm not right. speaking very. I'll catch
1: up in a year and you'll be like, fuck that.
2: <laughs> but uh, there, there is a certain uh, timeline of uh, a duration of touring that I think is probably the, I think it's probably two weeks for me is the, the perfect. Yeah, it's like after that, once you hit that two week mark, it's like, you know what? I've had fun and now I'm ready to come home and it's not, it's not an impossibly long thing. Like I, I don't know the longest we've ever toured. It was over a month, maybe a month and a half. Maybe that might be a maybe, you know, give or take. Um, But like day one, all I, all I would think about was, oh man, we have like 34 more days of this. And I mean that, especially like when you first start touring as a band everything's new you're you've never seen anything and so it's it's really fun and touring is you know it's there's always has that kind of uh, sense of adventure to it but yeah. at the same time when you've done it a few times it just becomes like okay now we have to drive across west texas this is that is the worst drive um <laughs> I don't you know,
1: know, man. Ohio,
2: Ohio <laughs> through Indiana is pretty fucking
1: bad. But oh man, uh, you, you know, you know, but yeah, and I mean, I guess, I guess to that point too, it is like you said. There's a sense of adventure, and um uh, and it's sort of like me cooking. I'd love to cook, it I would love to cook in a kitchen, yeah, like professionally, right now, for a day. Cause I, cause I know after a day, I know what that gets into, uh-huh. <laughs> and like and, you know, I've done that, and I don't want to do it anymore. And yeah. and I think, I think with touring or any any creative profession, you often, and I don't know if this was you guys' experience, but often get told like this is how you do it.
2: Yeah, you just incessantly tour, you incessantly tour. That and, that, and you, that sums up roadkill's existence, uh, yeah, pretty well. And,
1: and, and you and and you can, um, and I and I think you guys do like sort of like understand that that doesn't guarantee anything. But at the same time, it's just like you mean I have to do fucking what again? Like yeah. I did the I did the thing,
2: yeah,
1: and we were and, just there yeah we were just there. I did the thing and and these fuckers did not buy all my records yeah so what 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 is this getting me and and that you know that that's a real grind if you're especially like in when you're making art or or it just the idea, even though I don't think most artists are necessarily looking for approval mm-hmm. uh, they require it to survive. people have to like your stuff, a lot of people have to like your stuff, yeah and and so you know if if you're doing everything that you can think of to make people like your stuff and it's still not enough people like that's not a function of of your art yeah the quality of your art but it, but it, it I feel like it'd be almost impossible not to like internalize that as it was as a judgment on you
2: oh yeah and, for sure it would well, be funny like we'd play these shows and uh you know <laughs> it'd be to like you know If it was a good night in, uh, let's say, uh, Tucson, Arizona, you had 15 people there. Every once in a while, you get that, like a dude that'd come up to me, like, man, um, so like, you guys like make your living doing this? And I, (laughs) it takes, it would take everything within me to be like, not laugh. Yes, yes, question mark. (laughs) And cry at the same time. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so so, to that end, dude, like, uh, you know, you also um, did what a lot of bands don't often do, which is put out two great full-length albums that were, like, well-made. Like, that. I, I, I don't think people understand, like, how... I mean, part of the reason the industry is where it is is because people just put out albums that aren't mm-hmm. well put together. And... Um, but you guys did. You worked with some big names, and you had some... Had some trials, um, <laughs> that's fun. Um, but but like so so what you know, knowing it, you know, we'll, we'll go with you considering you were just flirting with with mid level band. Like, w- what's your takeaway from the industry going through um, uh, in tongues and false youth, etc.
2: Oh man, uh, well, I, well it was all just a, a giant painful learning experience of how especially now how the music industry is, it's like, uh, it's uh, obviously evolving constantly now because it has sure. to. And along with that, it's people that are uh, typically the, the people that are making money in the music business who are, have absolutely no idea what they're doing. And especially now, because every, everyone's very frantic of how, you know, what's, what well, we got to figure out what how we're going to make money in it. Yeah. And, uh, it it was those records, especially the in tongues and false youth, those were both records that we made within the uh I I guess the uh, the guidelines or the structure of uh working with a label. Um, yeah. um and doing things the uh I say in air quotes correct way. Um that was our first you know the the first e p we did that that was just us in our in our studio space just that oh, so was North coast is the name of it north avenue
1: north avenue sorry yeah
2: that was just us you know working on stuff um and having pretty much no input other than uh the guy who produced it, Dave plakin who also did false false youth mm-hmm. um there's like absolutely no pressure. (laughs) You know, when you're working like that, there's no expectation for anything because you're literally uh, a local band is working on a record. And that's the story for so many bands. So it was like, hey, let's, let's work. Let's do these songs. Let's try to do them good. And, you know, let's just have fun. And then when we, we got to the level of, now there's a structure, there's a budget, and there's a timeline to all of this. It becomes uh especially within tongues that that making that record for me was a whor- horrifying and oh wow <laughs> because it was it was literally like like i said i i don't write on the road and we are coming off touring nonstop, and they're like hey in three months we want you guys to get in the studio and make the next record and it was i was like i have two songs written <laughs> and so then we we got into the studio for you know a few Few weeks before we were supposed to record the what would be in tongues, and we literally just started shitting out songs. Um, And I think we wrote and demoed out twelve songs, maybe, and I think ten made the record. So it was like it was kind of like a just barely making the you know, yeah, yeah. barely making.
1: Yeah, but one of those songs was "Dead Friend." (laughs) Lazarus which I I don't know. I feel like one of the first times like well, I know the first time I heard Lazarus was in my living. Mhm. <laughs> when you guys played that. But
2: Oh yeah, but, yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, but you guys were like working on stuff and you did this thing uh even then and that was probably 2013 when we did that video. Yeah, uh, and you we were trying we were interviewing you and you're playing a song and then you just just were morphed into Blue Eyes crying in the rain. Uh-huh. And both me and Andre sort of tearing up like, What's going on, but yeah, I mean I mean it's it's wild to hear you say that you just get you just were like shitting out songs and I, I think that's what
2: Ooh, I think oh, people Oh sorry. I think
1: that's I, know, I think that's what people need to know about you and and how this band worked is that uh and maybe you need to hear this. Like that's rare dude. That that I mean there's a reason like all of us here hold you in such an esteem as a songwriter. I appreciate
2: that, man. Well, it's funny is you, you say Dead Friend and Lazarus because I, I think I wrote, uh, Lazarus is I think the only song that I've ever written on the road. And, <laughs> <laughs> and well, It's and been the, proven
1: that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs>
2: and I, I want to say maybe Dead Friend was one of the few songs that I actually demoed out before uh, we got into that uh, real crunch, that scary crunch. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, but the but the but the, the that having that time period was also really it was really great for me because I've never been I don't want to say put to the test because that sounds so serious but I've, I, I, I've never been uh, had a, a t- I've never had a timeline of I have to do this which. Right was it, i i've never put myself under that stress again because i didn't like it but it was nice to know that i was able to do it um and i think it was uh crucial for me uh writing songs to know that i can do that know that i can right. not necessarily uh force something out but that when you uh, when
0: you're when you're, did- wor-
2: when you're working on something and you keep working on something uh, and you're not really, you're not sitting on your hands, you know, p- playing video games or <laughs> watching Netflix. Like yeah, I find yeah. myself doing sometimes when I don't have a timeline, you're cr- constantly creating good stuff comes out of that. And the, during that time period, we, we came up with a, a lot of cool stuff. Like me, like I think, uh, what was it? Uh, no enemy, I think was written mm-hmm. on this, uh, it's called a critter and Guitari uh God damn it, what's it called? I can't think what i I don't know what it's called. it's like this little goofy toy synthesizer that maybe has like an octave on it, and they're like these <laughs> w- these uh circular wooden keys and nice. <laughs> I think the I was just you know fucking around with that, and I came up with the that little synth line for the beginning of yeah. yeah. And then from there, I was like, oh, this could be cool. And then we, I think the next day we started working on, you know, No Enemy. And it was just like stuff like that where it's like, hey, man, we we had to write the rest of a record. So it kind of put the everyone's focus was, you know, very much like, hey, let's get together every day and work on these songs because we have to and. It, it was it was nice n- coming out of the other side of that record, knowing that we did we, we we got through it, and it was stressful. And I don't necessarily like writing that way, but it was good to know that we could we do it, and that um, good stuff came out of it. And you know, it kept us constantly kind of pushing, which was you know important, especially yeah, that, trying that to make album. good songs.
1: That album I mean that album seems to me to encapsulate the the classic roadkill sound. And then False Youth, et cetera, is pushing into something else. Um uh that and, and having heard some of the stuff like you're working on now, I can say like it sound it it sounds a little bit more um towards your like where you're leaning right now. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily where you lean all the time, but you yeah, know, yeah, there's there's you know you know, you talk about writing songs and stuff, but then you write a song like classic style young. And it's was just like uh-huh. that. I, I, and this happens every time I listen to you guys' records is that I heard that and I laughed. Cause I'm like, I know this dude and I, and I know he's super fucking talented, but how, How is this? Like, how do you just know, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier, that you just have this talent to absorb it and put it back out in the world. And that, um, you know, that, will now be serve as like your you guys last album of these, this great collection of not pop songs, but definitely like read in the room as to what's mm-hmm. going on, what's going on in the world. And also like you said, making music that you guys would want to listen to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Classics, uh, classics was, was me listening to uh tougher than the rest the Spring, <laughs> Springsteen song. <laughs> yeah. You're like, dude, this is the coolest song I ever heard. <laughs> yeah so that was my version of tougher than the rest but um uh, yeah I don't... but but you guys had a little like struggle with that one too and I, I don't know how much you can talk about it but it was like you got to oh, experience
1: yeah. you got to experience like getting tied up in label hell
2: oh yeah i mean that was uh i mean making that record was so fun um because it was like the kind of the complete opposite of in tongues where it's like we we told them you know that our label that like that for this new record, we want to kind of not be on the road so much. We, I just want to sit in my room with a bunch of synthesizers and demo. And we are able to do that, which is, you know, it's, it was great having that freedom. Um, and it, it, we had a, a really good long timeline to figure stuff out and, um, it was the most fun i think i've probably ever had making a record because uh, we were honestly probably the most prepared we were ever making a record so it was a lot we knew the kind of the sounds we were you know reaching yeah. for um so it was just a lot easier and it was a lot a less lot stress <laughs> and then so the making of the record was was a complete joy of course and and uh, then on the other side of <laughs> that, <laughs> trying to release the record was one of the worst experiences of my life. But it was definitely the, uh, uh, being in roadkill, probably the worst. That was probably the worst yeah. moment was when uh, we cut ties. Uh, you know, we, we let, let the label left us. We left the label, whatever. Um, uh it was terrible because there was there was this moment of we obviously don't own this record and right. we no longer have rights to it and it was horrifying because it's like man we don't i don't really know how any of this stuff works i just just try to make you know just try to record songs (laughs) and so then it became like this whole like man i forgot how long it was of figuring out like hey uh, did how how are are we going to get this record back like are we going to be able to put this thing out and it, of it course, to you know, close
1: to a year it had to be because Zach sent it to me, and I was like, "Oh, this is great," and then it just never came out.
2: yeah, um, man, oh God, we sat on it for so long, even when we finally got the record. it was like, "Oh how, what do we do with it now?" Right. <laughs> we don't, right. We no longer have any kind of real backing, and so it was kind of like, now we have to make a whole new plan for this, and we it was, yeah, I mean, but the it, the whole experience was terrible but um but yeah the the worst probably the lowest i've ever felt of being in a band or being in the music industry not even being in a band cuz it was kind of outside of our bubble it was kind of left in the hands of people that are and this is the most aggravating part it's left in the hands of people that are making a living off of this yeah <laughs> off of music which nothing <laughs> against them right. that you know the suits you know as the yeah cool cool people squares squares nothing against them but me and my uh me and a, a buddy who uh who played horns on the uh on both in tongues and uh false youth we have this kind of a joke semi a joke that if you meet someone in the music industry and they seem like they're well put together and you know they're you know dressed pretty nicely and there's like a 99 percent chance that that person's a piece of shit <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> no, it's just, I, i'll go 100 <laughs> I,
1: I i i will go 100 you are you are correct sir so that, that, no that, that yeah that that's that's the sad state of
2: affairs and stuff but the it, it, there's just, it's just the, the the nature it's it's probably the same you know in as in politics it's just the nature yeah. of that beast of if you sur- if you want to survive in this you had the to sell sell your soul <laughs> a little bit or almost yeah. all of it there's a there's a just especially it, it, i mean obviously i don't know anything how it worked in the 60s and 70s and you know or the 80s and 90s when people were there was money being made, and it was kind of going all around. In a sense, you in know, sense. yeah, that's in that's a sense. <laughs> <laughs> but especially when you know, Roadkill, and I mean, God, I mean, all the bands that have made records in you know the last ten years, it, it's now not only is the music business like the the suits, as I called them earlier. uh there everyone's trying to figure that out but now it's like a whole other deal for being in a band is like there's you, no one gives a shit about buying cds or anything you know <laughs> which was at one point a nice little uh not i mean you were gonna make a living off of it as like a small band like we were but it was a nice little cushion to have yeah um yeah. and then you know and when we first started as a band, the you know, CDs, people, you know, would ask for CDs, and this was in the the very beginning, maybe not very beginning, but Spotify, you know, obviously wasn't a massive thing as it is now, where it's like, I literally have uh, so many freaking CDs that we printed for in tongues (laughs) and false youth, and I mean, uh, nobody cares. And, uh, you know, vinyl is obviously a, a bigger thing now, too, but it's just – it's harder to uh,
1: – It's a weird space because – so when you're um, – people are very uh, – so like I'm not down on Spotify. I mean I, I do mm-hmm. think you should pay more, but I feel like yeah. – um, I mean if, I feel like it's, it's our friend uh, Miles Mosley from uh, Kamasi, Washington's band. Uh-huh. and We asked him directly about that, and he just basically said, I don't know. It makes money for me while I sleep. I still have to go <laughs> and do the work. And, and I think that's a healthy way to look at it. I think yeah. if you're looking at something like that only – but but to your point, like yeah – there's and I and I hope God we're in a lull of it's just a cultural lull of this um that is sort of symptomatic of everything else going on in the world. But somewhere along the line, like people really have devalued art and not understanding that, you know sure, we can exist without it, right? So like mm-hmm. the argu- the argument isn't that like, like if you don't if you don't pay for it it's just gonna go away. And and like the response to that is like, yeah, so for literally just about anything um but but you don't want it to go away and 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 so people aren't thinking um about you know they're they're, they've been sort of blinded by by the the realities of capitalism and and with the internet being what it is and spotify being what it is all of a sudden like bands like yours went from from competing to competing with maybe like 50 to a hundred bands in the marketplace to like every band. Yeah. Yeah. And and that attention span and, and it is like, it's biologically impossible for people to split their attention span that thin. And, and it's, yeah, we're, we're going to be seeing repercussions about all from all of this for years to come. But it, it, it does make me uh, very sad. Like I have, I, ha- I do have a vinyl problem now. I spend <laughs> way too much money on vinyl, but the reason I do it is, is, is simply like, I, I just, like even even though I do like this podcast or whatever we, we, we do our part to help out music. Like at the end of the day, it's money. Yeah. That's that's what helps. hmm Getting buying like somebody out there listening right now, go buy both of Roadkill's albums on vinyl. Just do it. <laughs> you ha you have what, like forty bucks. Fucking pl- do it. We man. got
2: plenty of them pressed too. You got They're plenty of ready.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and, and that is um yeah, and, and then it's also why it makes me, like, super sad when people like you are like, hey, we're calling it quits for whatever reason. Um, you know, some bands do it because they just don't have anything else to say. Uh, and, you know, with you guys, I think it's more like the realities of stuff set in. And, you know, like I know guards are just wanted to walk dogs.
2: He's <laughs> um, a dog guy through and through. He is a
1: dog guy. Uh, and that's that's wonderful, right? Like you, you, you can't. If if there's no like long term payoff that you can see, eventually you just lose sight.
2: Of yeah, that. yeah, for sure. And I, for for roadkill, especially, um, you know, it got to uh, it. It was me and Zach who were like, you know, the original guys yeah. on, uh, and then you know we had our buddies come in and tour with us. Um, so it was just like we after our last poor, um. I just didn't see the reason to keep it um, keep the roadkill name going, I guess Um, for a few different reasons, you know, one being obviously it's no longer the same bands. And I feel like, you know, the, the, you know, Garza, Max, Kiffy, they, they they all had a lot to do with the input and the overall sound of roadkill obviously. And it was just like, I'm not, I'm not really interested in making continuing to make records under Roadkill cuz it's, you know, that was it's really no longer Roadkill, you know, in a in a sense anymore. Yeah,
1: um, we we I mean we we retired the name of this podcast for that for that exact reason. There is yeah. I mean you you were in our house. There there there's no um accounting for whatever magic was in that basement. Yeah. Uh, or that house and um to carry on as if that's what we're doing is it's, it's false.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it was, it, you know, that was, it was very specific to what the band was. Um, yep. and also I, I felt like, a the, the direction that, uh, I was going like, you know, we were, me and Zach were, you know, with our, what we were demoing out and working on, I felt like it was, it, <laughs> I felt like it would just be a continue, continuing of, uh, D- just disappointing people that were really into beggars guild <laughs> i didn't want to put those <laughs> i didn't want to put those people through it any There's longer there
1: i mean there is something to be said for that when i walk up from people and they'll be like uh yeah that song like they're just like i just knew that song beggars guild i'm like okay that's a good song but you know maybe dig a little deeper kids and i
2: don't I, and i i don't I, I don't mean to be like uh uh, an asshole either. Cause I love the p- people found us through that song. Even yeah, if it no, was no. just that song, I think that was great. Cause I mean, a lot of people came to our shows over the years because they wanted to hear that song. Yeah. yeah. Um But I, it, it, from like listening to our EP to the last record we did, it was just, it, I, I, I didn't know if, uh, it just didn't seem like it, it carried over obviously. Cause it, they're not, i guess similar in tone and uh no no and uh i just i don't know i just felt like uh we just start just start fresh start something new with a you know there's
1: there's similar like uh i think in in timber may have been the word you're looking for like they 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 don't sonically they're they're radically different and and Mm -hmm. they're also radically more sophisticated now um And chalk that up to, like, your ability to just, like, process stuff through and and get it back out. But, like, I think, like, I have ideas here, but, like, what do you think your songs in general are about? What are you writing about?
2: Man, uh, usually, I don't, I don't typically write. I I envy like you know Springsteen because he was mm. he's able to write songs from other people's perspective and tell these stories of obviously experiences that he's never even come close to, uh, and in some cases he has come close to. But that's that's what makes him so great is that he was he's able to do that. Um, I cannot do that. It's. <laughs> It's everything I write is usually stuff that I have to feel get, what's the word, um, connected to. Um, okay. uh, that has to, it's, I, you know, stuff that, uh, in what I see, I have to, it's stuff how I process things, I guess. Um, do you, do you consider, uh, um,
1: do you consider yourself somebody to, uh, have, uh, not necessarily religious, but I guess a man of faith, because there's a lot of religious imagery in your stuff.
2: Well, I grew up, I grew up in a, a kind of a very st- weird church, um, a- evangelical to the core, non denominational, right. okay. speaking in tongues yeah. kind of. Um, I always wonder
1: where that, I always wonder where that came from, and that's, that's why I'm asking. And, and yeah, I think you know, and that that colors people's, and and it it doesn't. A lot of people hear that and they and sometimes like get turned off,
2: be like, Why is he talking about Jesus? I'm like, oh, Yeah, man. that was, I mean, that's uh, that for uh, from the time I was probably like a nine or 10 to when I turned 18. And I was like, hey, You know what? This doesn't really make sense to me anymore. Um, yeah. And, you know, I can kind of, I walked away from all of it. Um, it was a, for those nine. Probably damn near a decade. That that the, all those years of my life, it was just always. I I, I went to uh <laughs> the church I went to at a private school, so I was literally essentially at this church six days a week. Um, oh wow, yeah. Uh, and obviously Sunday services, and then uh there was a Wednesday night service as well. So I, it was for those years of my life, I I was just constantly it was constantly a thing in my life and um it was something uh, especially when i first starting started to write songs that's where i kind of turned to as those those experiences and feeling very bitter about sure um, sure about that and about a lot of th- about you know, growing up in that kind of way where it's just like god there. These people were horf Some of these people were very f- like just terrors, you know. And,
1: and and that's that's always the thing. So like, I, I, I don't know if you knew this, but I grew up in Lynchburg, which is where Jerry Falwell, you know, preached. Oh god, and, uh, yeah. So and um, you know, we were we were Episcopalian, but did not. Yeah. I mean, at some point, yeah, same thing fell out, and it wasn't anywhere near as extreme as that. I think. And what what happens is is that you know people do get like twisted, but at the same time. Those stories can exist, and and look, I am a devout atheist, dude. As but, am I. <laughs> but 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 um, but some of my favorite people, Aaron Abernathy, Phil Cook, uh, mm-hmm. are believers, and 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 they're my favorite people because they can show me that faith link still matters. Um, and and part of the reason is that because, you know, those stories were effective because. The, the parables, like the lessons in a lot of them were actually sort of important, but more just to like, just yeah. not, not dying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> just like, like don't do this or you're going to die. And, <laughs> and, and so, you know, you can, you can bring those up. And, um and like, when I first noticed it in your writing, I was like, that's interesting. I never thought of Andrew like that, but then I, and, and some people use it uh, exploitatively and I, and I don't think you do. I think you, um, you get inside that and sometimes subvert even what you're talking about uh using these these like iconic uh or even the idiom of of religion and faith
2: sure yeah I mean a lot of the song- especially like i mean the really uh like devout and, and like Lazarus and stuff mm-hmm. uh, where they're heavily kind of uh, um brought up i mean that, that i mean that that stuff is just just me purely processing the yeah just yeah just the you know uh seeing things kind of in a different light and it's like it's wild because i like a it it, it's crazy to think about growing up the in that kind of uh that bubble because it really was just this odd bubble i I was very kind of cut off to (laughs) what reality really was for um my formative years, I guess. And, um, going from that. And then a few years later, starting a band and touring, it was, and then seeing, uh, the world like that, not the world, but, you know, uh, seeing outside of that bubble and seeing, yeah. uh, other people's lives like throughout the country. It, it, it's just, it, it would, I would it, I was just, very pissed off about it for a long time. Of of just um, understandably I, I, so. But I, you you I, also
1: kept you, you guys. I think you and your brothers like um, kept the kindness. I think that's why you're friends because you're kind people.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, I, I we we definitely tr- try to be kind for sure. Yeah, no. You, you, <laughs> that,
1: that that is that is so much more than most people do. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean. It's that's to me, and I thank thank you for saying that too. I mean, that's that's such a sweet compliment uh, to me and my brothers. Um, And my my brothers are, I think, are also very kind people. Um, And I mean, my family is. I you know, we had had great parents. So, um, but I, I that is one of the great things to see, no matter what your faith is or lack of faith, is if you're you can show kindness to people outside of your bubble, I think is yeah. such a powerful thing. And that's something I've I've come to terms with, I guess, over the last few years with um especially in that it's like the that evangelical thing. Mm-hmm. I would like like I said, I was I was very it, it it weighed a lot on me for a long time. And I think I finally, you know, recently came to terms with it, uh, of not holding all that stuff in, um, and not being so angry about it. Um, and trying to be like, you know, just trying to be kinder. And I think that is so important now, uh, that that we live in the times that we live in where it's just, everything's, uh, you know, uh, this reactionary anger all the time of literally every, you know, everything is just, uh, twisted and it's just, people have to be riled up now and mad at someone and it's just, it's, People,
1: people don't, people don't know that you can have outrage against something and should. Hence, most things are going on right now. Just speaking politically, or just an in American in general. Yeah, uh, but still maintain some sense of kindness. Yeah, um, and that and that doesn't mean agreeing with somebody to make it better.
2: Yeah, like <laughs>
1: that just means, you know, uh, you know, really in in a very nice way. Fuck you. You're kind of evil, <laughs> but I'm gonna be not. And 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 like that's that's. uh that's an art. I mean, that's you're talking about Buddhism, really, and, and you're talking about that, mm-hmm. but, yeah, you finding, um, you just did some sort of peace that then they, then then can like you can convey to other people to get maybe them to chill the fuck out. Yeah, I, I, that's how <laughs> yeah. I that's how I see it. I mean, look, I, I'm not good. I'm not good at it. Uh, oh, dude, I'm in, terrible in, at in, it. Yeah, in, in many in many spheres, but like I do try, and I do, um, and you know that was one of the things about. Our space in DC is that we made it a space for people that can just get away, so they could like yeah. I don't know, I don't know. It's kind of practice that be like, hey man, you don't got to be mad about anything here. You just uh, hang out. It's cool. There's cats. You'd be fine. It's like and <laughs> and it worked. And and as he as about the only thing we miss here. Yeah. Um, we have and and to be clear, like both Darry and I have like amazing lives, but um and have kindness to spare. Like this is that's, but but it is you know um yeah it's it's something that, that is getting like shaved off of uh our our sort of group collective humanity and uh and needs to come back sometime
2: yeah or I mean, else <laughs> yeah it's just it, it just try is yes yeah <laughs> yeah you're going to fail but as long as you try
1: yeah yeah I, th- I think that's right so um you guys did try for a while and then said, roadkill's got to go. Roadkill, you know. How are you are, – are you already at peace with that?
2: Oh, yeah, man. We're playing our last show I know. Friday, May 10th. And um, I am – at one point, I guess it was a couple months ago, I was like, yeah, you know what? We should do a, maybe a string of tour dates. and uh and you know just like go out with a bang and then uh, as i was like working on stuff demoing i was like you know what we should do a show in athens and a show in atlanta and then you know continued working on stuff and then i finally got to the point where i was like you know what i don't really care if we do shows for this at all i'm kind of already moved but that was like hey let's you know let's let's try to do you know let's try to do some shows at least in Athens in Atlanta. And we ended up just doing this. <laughs> this just like a, in, yeah.
1: Caldonia lounge.
2: Yeah. We ended up landing on the one show in Athens. Um, and it's fitting though.
1: It is. Like, you you, know you, you I, guys, you guys made that your home. I remember it was when we met you, you were still in Delan. Yeah. And, and, um, and then I, I just remember the excitement from all you guys. Like we're getting out of Florida. <laughs> 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 and yeah, You dude. know, and, and Athens is a wonderful place.
2: It is a wonderful place and uh, I, I am excited for the show and I'm excited to uh, play the last note and know that, you know, it's officially, you know, we're, uh, we're moving on now. And um, it, we've, we've rehearsed about uh, three or four times now. And it, it's like, cause the first rehearsal we haven't probably haven't played. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think. There was just it was me, Zach and uh, Rhett, who's been uh, a, a guitar player with us for right, right, the right. last few years now. Um, he it was me or was Max and Garza um, playing these songs with us. And it's been a while or At least it feels like it. And it, we rehearsed a couple of weeks ago for the first time all together. And it was just, it was, it was actually like really, it's just really nice to be, yeah. to play music all together again. Cause at first I was kind of like, oh, I just want to get the show over. Um, but then playing with them, you know, playing with us, you know, almost the, you know, original group again, it was like, it was really nice. Um, and I like, you know, I missed, miss jamming with them. Um, and then, so after, after that first rehearsal, I was kind of like, you know what, this show's going to be fun. It'll be a fun show. But, um, but at the same time, I am excited to uh, to move to move past it and to kind of focus on the the next stuff coming up. So,
1: and, and you're already you're already working on that. I've heard some of it. What what you um once you lay this to rest tomorrow, or actually this will be out on Friday. So so tonight, what um like what what comes next? Yeah, you and Zach are still working together, correct?
2: Yeah. Um, so the plan is right now because we have about maybe 12 songs like demo demoed out and there's probably going to be a few more um but the plan is we're going to record a uh start recording in July a new record um uh and then you know kind of figure things out from there we don't have a band name or anything for it because uh that's like the worst part i think of being in a band is Trying to come up with a band name, but can I suggest bitch pickle, dude? <laughs> of course, you, <laughs> of course, you can suggest bitch pickle, dude. <laughs> okay. That's on the table. Oh my god, that's great! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, that's what so far, like you know, Zach, Zach will be the one like, Hey, have you thought of any band names? and I'm always kind of like just throwing dumb. Dumb shit out there. I'll just kind of be like, okay, well, (laughs) I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna gonna do that. I'll
1: I'll text him right now. Be like, Zach, name your band's bitch pickle, please. Deal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you might have heard it here first. You might have heard it. Bitch pickle may be recording (laughs) in July. (laughs) God, God, Dari gonna hate me if that happens. Oh my god. um but yeah that's kind of a that's a soft plan right now nothing's really set in stone but i mean it's been it's been super nice we've just been kind of working out of working on stuff at our own pace again and not really beholden to anyone or uh any sort of expectations again and this is the first time since we started Roadkill where it was like hey none of this really matters. Let's just make a really cool record. And, you know, that's it. Um, and we've all, we're all kind of like, you know, I've talked, me and Zach are on the same page about touring. You know, we've, since we've done it for so long, we're like, you know what, we're going to release this record. And if people somehow care about it, you know what, then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, about like, you know, actually touring, but it's like, I I just want to like enjoy just, this experience without any sort of expectations of if of it being successful, you know, or it, you know, it, it having to land, you know, um, I just want to make a good record and it's, it's a nice place to be at again to where none of, none of it really does matter um, outside of just writing good songs and yeah. putting them down, you know, recording them, to the point where it's like yeah I like this song. That's I mean that's all we're shooting for now and it's it it feels good to, to to be in that kind of space again after after so long.
1: Yeah. Well brother I uh I am sorry it took a funeral for us to 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 connect again. Uh it has been too long uh since I've seen you guys. Uh I'm glad we know, did. No know, know that you I mean from all of us here you know we love you. And your family and your brothers, like is, you, you guys are the best. I cannot wait. My
2: dude,
1: my dude, we you. love you.
2: I know, I know. Can't, I, know. It's I like... can't express. I can't express uh, just how uh, grateful and thankful we we were to have met you guys. Because you guys, like, I, I mean, honestly, from I think it was our first tour, like you guys were there at the very beginning. Yeah, and you always yeah. supported us, and you always made delicious meat babies for us and yet, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like yeah you i mean you you've yeah. you've been a you guys have been so great to us and yeah i mean damn i uh i can't express how much that meant that that has meant to us over the years
1: well well the beauty of life and still existing in it is that we're all still still out here regardless of if you're in a band and we're on a website and uh and uh, you guys should come to Wisconsin, or we should come to Athens. Dude, something. I, I was and, just about
2: to say. I would love to freaking go to Wisconsin, freaking get on the lake, do some. We, we live near the lake, dude. A oh, couple blocks away. Oh man, bring it on, love it. But uh, but
1: yeah. Um, so um, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, my dude.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Rest in peace, Roadkill Ghost Choir. Uh, they are I, I don't know if I said this up front, but they are my favorite band. I was sort of teasing any, but they are. And um, for many reasons and one of them uh is that i know these guys but but really this is uh, they they represented everything that i want in the music industry um good music great shows uh just the the idea that that you you maybe can make and uh, uh they were they were an ideal and And look, they're all going to make music going for, I have demos on my phone from, from Garza, electronic experiments. I have stuff from Andy. Uh, I can't wait to see what they um, do next, but you should do yourself a solid and go investigate them on Spotify, Apple music, whatever you have, get the two records on vinyl. I I might try to get quiet light pressed up on vinyl. I didn't mention this then, but uh, maybe we'll do that. But yeah, so. Congratulations to Roadkill for doing the damn thing. Uh, That is it for this episode of Discologist. And I am just going to sign off here and leave you with uh, a song. One of their songs off of In Tongues. And uh, we'll see you soon.